Ayup me duck, which is the traditional Derby greeting to whoever we meet, whenever we meet them. And no, I don't actually know what Ayup me duck means, but who cares? Because what matters is that you're here and I'm here for the Art of Brilliance podcast series five, which is just a little bit different. So in this series, there are no guests. It's just you and I making a weekly commitment to 10 minutes or less. That's 10 minutes maximum per week every week for 52 weeks that you and I are committing to a personal relationship based on happiness and well-being. So time is short, let's crack on. Please note, I am starting tongue-in-cheek, all right? Um, so don't take this too seriously, people. It's a, it's a news report from a few years ago. It's kind of a genuine news report. I'm just going to read it out. It, it But it was written having a little poke at the Brits, all right? But I'm just going to read it word for word. I didn't write it. I'm just reading it. So let's go with it. Here it is, word for word. George Farthing, a British man living in America, was diagnosed as clinically depressed. He was tanked up on antidepressants and scheduled for controversial shock therapy when doctors realised he wasn't depressed at all. He was just British. Farthing, a man whose characteristic pessimism and gloomy perspective were interpreted as serious clinical depression, was led on a nightmare journey through the American psychiatric system. Dr. Isaac Honey, a psychotherapist, explored Farthing's family history and couldn't believe his ears. Farthing spoke of growing up in a grey little town where it rained every day, of treeless streets lined with identical houses, and of passionately backing a football team (laughs) that never won. Identifying Farthing as British changed the diagnosis from clinical depression to rather quaint and charming. He was immediately discharged from the hospital with a selection of brightly coloured leaflets and an I Love New York t-shirt. End of news report. Look, hey folks, right, I'm not having a pop at anybody here. I'm not having a pop at anybody's on medication. I'm having, I am actually having a little prod at Britishness, actually. But, you know, I am a Brit, but I'm having a little pop at the... And what we sometimes let ourselves become as a nation. A little bit grumbly. Default position is like to have a little moan. Yeah, mate, you oh, whatever. I'm not going to push that any further. But I think there's a... Un, un, is, I don't, is unworrying an actual word? I think we're sort of unworrying... Uh, I think we need to unworry ourselves. All right? So it's really easy to worry. Um, I, I, see, I'm already... A little bit worried because I'm not sure if unworry is an actual word. I mean, that's stressing me out right now. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, it just so happens that the modern world feeds us lots of things to worry about, doesn't it? So here to prove it, right, I've done a little bit of research. I'm going to give you five phobias and I just want you to spot the fake one. All right, so five phobias. One of these is fake, four of these are true. Right, so <laughs> honestly, right, go with it. So first one is uh, cholerophobia. Now, if you've got cholerophobia, that means you're terrified of clowns. All right. I mean, that sounds reasonable. That's obviously true, isn't it? Because everybody's got cholerophobia. It's terrifying, isn't it? And ventriloquist dummies as well. I mean, that's probably a phobia for them. Anyway, so that's the first one. I've already told you that's real, right? So here's four more, one of which is fake. Um, phobia number two, omphalophobia. Omphalophobia. That is the fear of belly buttons. Right, innies, outies, whatever you've got. Omphalophobia is the fear of them. Number three, arachobutrophobia. 
arachibutrophobia. This is this is when you get panicked by the idea of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm terribly I'm sorry. I'm going to go again. Arachibutrophobia. This is when you get panicked by the idea of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. I'm not thinking it's actually even peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. It's the fact that you think it might. <sighs> Number four. <laughs> Oikophobia. Oikophobia. O-I-K-O-phobia. That's the fear. <laughs> it's the fear of kitchen appliances. No, don't don't laugh. Don't laugh. I mean, so if you if you're suffering from it, it's not funny, is it? So basically, your toaster's out to get you, and that microwave is downright evil, isn't it? Yeah. So oikophobia, the fear of kitchen appliances. And my fifth one, in my little game to prove to you how the world is conspiring to make us terrified of everything. Number five is. Turophobia. T-U-R-O-phobia. Turophobia. This is um, if you're fearful of cheddar or chilled by cheddar or panicked by parmesan. If so, you've got <laughs> turophobia. The fear of cheese. All right. So playing my game, five phobias, five things to panic about. Clowns, belly buttons, peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth, kitchen appliances or cheese. Which of those five phobias did I invent? Go on, play the If you're in the car with people, play the game in the car. The answer, clowns, belly buttons, peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth, kitchen appliances and cheese. Which of those is fake? The answer is none of them. They're all genuine fears that people have. All right. So, that, I mean, there's even, because obviously looking this up, there's even some, there's even some, Phobophobia, which is the fear of phobias. Honestly, you could honestly you couldn't make it up, could you? I'm not making it up. I'm just telling you facts. Now, they obviously they all seem silly unless you're suffering from one of them, and then all of a sudden you get serious because fear gets in the way of you feeling amazing. Anyway, what my point is this: if you, we can literally worry ourselves sick. So I think it's probably possible to do the exact opposite, opposite, opposite which I think the opposite of worried sick is to unworry yourself well. Un is it possible to unworry yourself well? Because I absolutely think it is. All right. So let me go with. I'm going to go with the Paul McGee. I've mentioned Paul before. Paul's a master of bounce back ability, resilience, vulnerability, all that kind of stuff. He's an absolute genius of writing books. I've teamed up with him to write a book, and he's he's just great as a trainer as well. But he he he's got a great question that he asks. Uh, and you need a good dollop of honesty to ask yourself the question, right? So, um, how 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 big is the problem I'm facing? I mean, in terms of really, really, how really, really, genuinely big is it? In the grand scheme of things, Paul's question is this: Is it's where is this issue on a scale of one to ten, where ten is death? All right, it's a it's a big question, right? And and it's a very powerful question. Where is this issue on a scale of one to ten, where ten is death? Now, quite often, your brain has been it kind of hijacks you. And, it, and, you, and you're reacting to a situation as though it's a 9 or a 10. It's like, oh my gosh, it's an absolute disaster. This is my worst nightmare ever. When in the cold light of day, you just miss your bus or your train was five minutes late or you were stuck in a queue. And actually the situation is a 1 or a 2, but we're reacting like it's a 9 or a 10. You know, so be honest with yourself. Have you ever huffed and puffed and got in a bad mood over a stupid comment that somebody said they didn't even mean? You know, stressing like it was a 9 when it's actually a 2 max. You know, the queue at the supermarket is a one. You don't need to give it the full histrionics as though it's a near-death situation. So, thank you, Paul, for teaching me the question, where is this issue on a scale of one to ten, where ten is death? Obviously, if somebody's actually died, that's a ten. That's genuinely terrible news, and you have every right to feel down and sad and upset. 
Um, but getting upset when it's raining or getting upset because your team lost or because it's Monday, all I'm saying is, you know, save your bad days for the real thing, people. Save your bad days for a real thing. I think I'm going to leave it at that. My time is nearly up. So I think in terms of until next time, think about how you're reacting to situations and um, chill. Thanks for listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell the world. A nice review would make our day. That's the very best way of getting like-minded people to tune into our very simple messages about happiness and human flourishing. If you've hated it, please keep quiet. (laughs) Remember the world has enough negativity already. So be a lover, not a hater. Feel free to check out our training and the little shop of happiness at artofbrilliance.co.uk. 